He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Ladies, I am honored and I am privileged to bring to the microphone the Lady Adelaide Heward Mills. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, do it better, come on! Hallelujah. It's okay. If that clap was for me, it's in order. But I want you to give a resounding applause to Jesus. He's the reason why we are here. Give it to Jesus at the back, in the middle, in front. Give him glory. Give him praise. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, your word says, unto you shall the gathering of the people be. Thank you for this marvelous vision. And thank you for bringing us here for your own purpose. I pray that you speak through these lips of clay. Your word says, it's not he that willeth, nor he that runneth, but you who show mercy. Show mercy to this vessel, O God, and let your divine words come out of these lips of clay. Let the heart of the Father be revealed to us and transform our lives forever by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your anointing and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Please sit down. Hallelujah. I would like to salute Mama Gio Adeboe for the vision of the Feast of Esther. We honor her. When she first came and a lot of times after, I would make time to come. And these days I've been trying to make time, but it's not easy. But my heart and my spirit is here, and I celebrate the vision. Amen. I also want to greet all the women of God here, our mothers in the Lord, who have fought for many years and are still fighting and are still overcoming. Thank you for standing in there and not giving up so that we too can receive a baton and by the grace of God, keep running. Amen. So we salute you. And for all of you, some of you, this is your first time. I welcome you to your first meeting. <laughs> and we also want to say thank you to Pastor Kujo Bempa for giving us such a lovely facility to hold our meeting. And um, I thank Bishop Dag for 
making his wife able to be here. We are having a, a massive pastor's conference and um, at the Kodesh, and I'm in charge of hospitality. So the people are in there and they'll soon come for coffee break. So if you see me leaving, it's not because I think this conference is a waste of time, but it's because duty calls elsewhere. But I thought that I should still make it to be here among my fellow sisters. Amen. So thank you for having me. I see that your theme is the ministry of the overcomer. And I think that's a very apt theme. I was told to um, look at the Syrophoenician woman as my point of reference. So I will do just that. So if you bear with me, you can come with me from Matthew 15, reading from verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered not, heard not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Amen. I believe that um, the theme is very apt for the times in which we live. I don't think that it's just COVID, but I think that the whole spiritual atmosphere is bizarre and charged with a lot of demonic activity in our time. Um, I'm a very keen follower of global events in terms of the news. So I do have BBC bite-sized on my phone, for instance, and I see how man has departed from God and is enacting so many laws. It's like Demons are in charge, you know, and we are fighting battles everywhere. Sometimes it's in the home, sometimes it's to do with our children, sometimes it's to do with the church, sometimes it's to do with our role, sometimes it's to do with our own health and our own well-being, before even the ministry itself. All those things are battles and there can be a lot of fiery darts from the enemy. So the, the, the theme is apt because it's going to help us to be overcomers. Now, to have the ministry of an overcomer means that you have also, by the grace of God, walked the road of an overcomer. Amen. And I wish that 
If you overcame once, then it's like you've overcome. But it's not like that. You know, sometimes you have a battle, so this one is the end, you know? Like, we had a battle in Kolegono, and it was very fierce. There was a lot of news coverage every day. The community was fighting us years ago. And then there was this um, program called Good Morning Accra. And they brought us on it and said, we were not trying to engage the community. So many lies were spoken. And then my husband's office was attacked. It was bombed by the community. Then the government of the day attacked us. We had just moved and with our little money, put things together to make the place decent. And we had built these lovely walls and put all the flags of the nations, the few nations that we were in. And we woke up one dawn and a bulldozer had been sent by government and all the walls had been bulldozed down. And then there was even a court case. We, a, a mason and the people who destroyed, and as soon as we reported to the police, they would just um, release them because <laughs> the government of the day was on their side. So when all that happened, it was very distressing. And the, the grand finale was that we were having an ordination and we were attacked with broken bottles, pregnant women fell off, blood was oozing everywhere. And it was that night, that evening, that my husband said to the pastors at a pastor's meeting, does anybody know any facility that we can move to? And one pastor said, I do know a place, but Pastor Doug, I'm sorry we cannot afford it because it's a Lebanese man and what he's asking for, we cannot pay. And I'm saying that to say that when we reached Kolegono, we danced from Kolebu Canteen because we had been sacked from there. My husband draped himself in the banner that said we are moving. And he danced and we danced as a quite a sizable congregation with a brass band that the Lord had delivered us and great was our deliverance. But we didn't know that in Kolegono, a bigger giant was waiting for us. <laughs> and many times we feel that, oh, after a big battle, the Lord will let us rest a bit. And then so for us, we had arrived and we didn't have any plans of moving anyway. Because even to move to Kolegono, we didn't have the requisite funds. And we even tried to have loans. At that time, they said they don't give loans to churches because churches are risky. Today, banks have church desks and are following churches to come for loans. Huh, amazing grace. And so when we got to Kolegono, it was by a dilapidated toilet, but we did all we could do. There were no seats. And for us, we had arrived and it was, oh, the Lord has given us rest. Ah, but before we could breathe, we had battles that didn't make sense. So my point is, I think, until Jesus comes, the battle continues. And the Bible says that from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffereth violence, not mildness, not sleepiness, 
but it suffered violence. And what? The violent take it by force. And some of us are violent in our homes and in our speech, but we are not violent spiritually. God is not asking for domestic violence. He's asking for spiritual violence. And we cannot take it lying down and say that, oh, that's how it is. I saw you, my dear, for more. I saw you, my dear. Even some of us, we quit. And some of us, we resign. And some of us, we are in the seat, but we have resigned. But I came to tell you that the violent, they take it by force. And I believe that this Syrophoenician woman had that. The Bible says that she came out of the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Unless we come out, we cannot progress on our journey. Some of us keep sitting in our problems, sitting in our situation. Some of you, you like pity parties. And then that's when you play the most saddest of songs. And you sit in it. But if we sit in it, we will rot. If we sit in our difficulties and our problems, and our, we will rot. We, will, we, we, we can't progress. But this woman, she came out of where she was. The coast of Tyre and Sidon. She came out. And she came out alone. In working with God, we may be an association. You may even be a family, you may be a church, but many times as a minister's wife or a minister, a lady minister in ministry, you will find that you are alone. And often, God may allow you to be alone so that he can get your attention. Amen, ladies. Sometimes and often, a pastor's wife doesn't even know who she should share her problems with. Because if she shares the problem, number one, the pastor is so holy that he cannot sin. And if there's any problem, it's the wife, not the pastor. Number two, the pastor has pulpit power. He holds the mic. So the, chap, the, the gospel according to the pastor is the gospel, not your own. Number three, even when you say you have a problem, it will be changed. The story will be changed. What you didn't say, they will say you said and before you know, it would have become something else. So based on that, and then also number four, people will even rejoice and be happy. Ah, you know? Because that's what they are hoping for. So when you look at all these things, then you say, I have no one to share my problems with. But often, God wants to get your attention. And so he will, he will strip you of everything and make you be alone. Jesus was alone in the Garden of Gethsemane. Elijah was alone when he gave up and said, let me die. I'm not better than my fathers. He sent even his servant away. He was alone. Many times when God encounters us, we are alone. Mary was alone in her house. Alone. Elizabeth, even if she wasn't alone, she was struck with a damp husband who cannot communicate to you what is happening. So you are alone. And the only companion you have often in these times is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Like our speaker was saying in her prayer that help us to have a personal relationship with you because that's what's going to help us. So we should be able to come out of where we are 
what we are going through, the difficulty, the loneliness, the aloneness, and all that. But if we sit in one place, we are not going to progress. If we want to obey God also, God may call you to his people, but he still calls you alone. Moses had an encounter alone with God. And when God called me many years ago, in 1998, to come full-time, um, I always say that it wasn't easy for me because I was thinking about what people would say, not the God I serve. I felt that God, yeah, he's faithful. But people, I said, God, it's not you, but it's people, you know? When I wear my shoe, they'll say it's from first offering. When I wear my earring, they'll say it's from the pledges. When I travel this, I say, but God, you know, I've done all these things from my father and my family before now. It's not now that they are coming to tell me this. So my problem is the people. And so because of that, you know, I would love to obey you, but the people. And even that uh, saying has come back to me in these times that people are saying so many things on social media about us. And I reminded God, I said, do you remember why I didn't want to come full time? It was because of the people. But I needed to come to a place where I came out. I came out of the group of lawyers. I came out of the group of attorney generals. I came out of what may be the world respects. Because that is the only way in which God can use me. I have to come out of what I know, what I'm used to, and sometimes even what is pleasant and what is celebrated by men. Paul said, I count all things but done. So the overcomer has to be able to leave things behind. This woman came out of Tyre and Sidon. What are you leaving behind in order to obey God? What are you leaving behind in order to fulfill his ministry and his purpose for your life? What are you leaving behind? And sometimes as pastor's wives, we feel that things have been put on us by our husband's calling and not by choice. But God called you to be a helpmeet, not your husband, God. And for that, we will give an account. Amen, ladies? So it's not like, oh, I'm a helpmeet, but... He's not the one who has called you. Faithful is he who called you, who also would do it. Amen? 2 Timothy 1.9, I believe, says that he has called us according to his purpose and his grace. So it was his purpose... And when he calls us according to his purpose, he also gives us the grace. Amen. So this woman left the coast. She left what she was familiar with. She left her home. She left whatever was around her so that she could become an overcomer. Amen, somebody. The Bible says that she cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. She cried. It's okay, ladies, to cry. And it's okay to be emotional. And it's okay to be yourself in the presence of the master. You know, I say that I am not a superwoman. The reason why I lean on God is because I'm the weakest creature God has ever created. And that verse that says, apart from him, I can do nothing. I am a living testimony of that. And I sometimes say, that, well, maybe 
People are strong. That's why they do what they do. But me, I am so weak that I have to depend on him in order to take any step. So I don't depend on him much so because I'm so spiritual. But I depend on him because without him, honestly, I can do nothing. I mean, I tell people that I believe that I've lived on many mission fields. Maybe they see me physically, so, oh, Sister Mami is in uh, Accra, Ghana. And then her husband does ministry. Sometimes he evangelizes. But you see, I married and the church had five members. And then after that, <laughs> it grew a bit to a corridor. And we had many outside meetings because sometimes the Osakas and the church would meet in the sun. And then after that, we went to the canteen. All this while, we didn't have branches. And life was much cooler, believe me. Then we started to have branches. Then after we had branches, my husband felt he was led by God to have some international branches. And in those days, he used to go himself, go to that country, stay there, fast and pray for months, go on the street door to door and win people to Christ. That is how we basically start all our churches. We don't believe that you should go to somebody's church, plunder it, and then because the souls are so many and they are just waiting. But as a young bride, it wasn't always easy. And when you went to start our first branch in Geneva, thieves came to my house. Not some proper thieves, but they were thieves anyway. They were stealing fried fish, malt, and things. But <laughs> the fact that they broke the back of my kitchen door. And then I got a house help who came with so much talisman. I just felt the next day that he should leave. And when I looked in his things, I saw so much juju, and I was alone. Now tell me, when all these things happen and you are alone, and you call your husband and he is in a meeting speaking. And you too, the, you, are, you don't know this, your God. And you don't know how to cry on Jesus. Who is going to help you? That's why I say that me, it is out of my weakness that God becomes so precious to me. So this woman, she cried out to the Lord. And we can only be ourselves often in his presence. It is in his presence that we can be ourselves and I was taught in scripture union that frank talk with God hurts nobody. So we can be frank. God, I feel so discouraged today. God, I, I, I really hate this person. Tell him. But don't say, oh, brotherly love is continuing. Oh, you are struggling. So this woman was real with God. An overcomer has to be real with God. The church is full of too many actresses. The church is full of too many actors. We could, be, we could be good on Nollywood or Hollywood. But God wants us to be real. And if we are going to get Jesus' attention, then we have to be real. We cannot be false. There are too many fake everything. Everything is made in China. Nowadays, China has some durability. But I hear that they are in different stages, depending on which country you are coming from to buy. You know? But we need realness. And we need to also, so number one is we need to be ourselves and to be real before God. Number two, actually, we need to come out of wherever we are. Number two, we need to be real with God and not mask what we are going through. And not mask, you know, in this day of mask, we are even masking more. <laughs> but with God, Frank Talk doesn't. And then number three, 
We must name the problems as they are. She said, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. She didn't say that, oh, my daughter is having some psychological problems, you know. Oh, all is not well with my daughter. She didn't say that. She said, my daughter, she's my daughter, all right. But she's grievously vexed with a demon. Sometimes it's even we ourselves who are grievously vexed with demons. But whether we will own up to it, because when you go to a doctor and you don't say the signs, he can also not diagnose what is wrong with you. So we need to call our problems as they are, our challenges as they are. And it is not um, an unforgivable sin to have a problem as a Christian or to have a challenge or to have a difficulty or to faint sometimes. I faint so many times. I was just last week in one of our churches in North Carolina and I was talking to them and I said to them, you people feel, church members feel they are offended. But do you know how much you have offended me and my husband? If we are to write it, it will be full of Encyclopedia Britannica. But the love of God <laughs> constrains us. And I said to them, there are times when I've come to the brink and I said, I mean, why? Why all this? And I said to myself, I'm resigning. After all, when I resign, I'm still so for mommy, but I don't work in the church. And they cannot then say, do this, do this, I'm free. If I want to go to bar association conference, I go. If I want to do international bar, I do. I don't need all these other things, you know? But when I go to my closet, then God says, really? So who called you? And then with tears, you called me, you, you. You called me. Uh-huh. So now, when you are resigning, you are resigning from where? You know what I always tell you is the people. Like Saul said, it's the people, they made me do it. I always tell you that God, my heart is for you. But it's the people. One day I was so pushed. My office people can testify to I came to the office and I said, what the heck? I said to God, I can't take it anymore. And so, I would like to resign. And then I was going to my mother-in-law's house. So I parked and I was about crossing the road. And this black, slick car pulls up in front of me. And I think I'm standing so that the car will pass. But then, the car stops. And then the back door rolls down. And it's one of my mates. And then she says, oh, what late? How is it long time since you left? How are you? I said, I'm fine. I said, hey, but where are you going? She said, oh, you know. I stopped practicing and I went to the bench to become a judge. So actually I've moved. So now I live in cantonments. You know where the judges live? I said, yes, I know. Then I, looked, I peered further into the car with her policeman with a gun. So when she left, I said, look. This, this, is, this is the life I could have. So I was thinking about it. And the next day I had my quiet time. And then I went to the office. And I said to one of my assistants, I said, call the judiciary, uh, judicial service office. And call this person. Tell him that I need 
question banks for past questions for judges because I'm going to become a judge. And uh, call also this justice because I was on a board with her and tell her that I want to call her when will she be free so that I know the steps to get back into I said, huh. I didn't tell my associate that, but I just said, when they now come to the court, I'll be sitting on that high rostrum. And then I'll come from the back. And they'll say, her ladyship at Lady Ward Mills presiding. And I'll walk like this. And they'll do pam, pam, pam. And all these people, including the church, they will write, court rise. And then I'll come and I'll sit down and they dare not sit down before me. And when I come in my robes and my wig, I'll do this. And then I'll sit down, then they will all sit. And then I'll say, yes. So where are the parties to the... I will not be able to say. But again, I went to my closet. And God said, who called you? And he said, do you know something? The greatest way to greatness is humility. The Bible says, humble yourself under the... He said, what do, you, what do you have that you didn't receive? I would like to know what you have, mommy, that you did not receive. Lord, I received, but you know the precious. But I have to call it pride, not frustration. It may be frustration, it may be, but the ultimate is pride. Because you are thinking that when you sit on that rostrum, and they will appear before you. I even felt that my husband and his bishops will also, also appear before me. <laughs> Amen, ladies. But God will always bring you back. And you have to call your problem what it is. Don't give it another name. Don't mask it. If it's a problem in the house, if it's whatever, you know, we become so used to diplomacy that we are worse than ambassadors. You know, but with God, we have to be real. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. With a, not her, but her daughter. And often, our issues are not us, but there are people related to us, people around us. Their actions and their things lead us as if we are the demon vexed. But it's not so. Amen, ladies. But that is a burden a woman carries. Whether it's her son, whether it's her daughter, whether it's her husband, whether it's ministry, whether it's her extended family, she carries it. And this woman knew that the solution was to go to the Lord. Now, the Bible says, he answered her not a word. <laughs> Sometimes, as we walk on the trail, and as we go on as overcomers, we come to a place where God does not seem to answer. It's like, why And sometimes you wonder if he doesn't see your pain. Whether he doesn't see your difficulty. What, what, what is it? Why? Or has he forgotten you? The woman is there physically following him. And he answered her not a word. Now, the fact that God does not answer, or does not speak, or does not communicate vocally, does not mean he's not there. When the disciples were crossing by boat from one side to the other, the winds and the waves were raging. Jesus was there, but he was asleep. 
in the stern of the boat. And because he was asleep, they were not hearing from him. It's the same with what we go through. The fact that he is asleep, the fact that he does not answer a word, does not mean he's not there. His presence is there, but you may not hear his voice. He may not speak, but he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You were a Christian before you got married. You knew the Lord before you got married. Why is it that now you have substituted God with your husband? And everything your husband says is greater than the Bible. Every prediction he makes is greater than the prediction the Lord has made concerning you. It ought not to be so. He answered her not a word. It is said that when you cannot hear him or see him, trust his hand. When you can't see his hand, trust his heart. That he has a good heart. So Jesus is in the boat of life with us, but we do not always hear his voice. Amen? And it's in that times, like our mother was preaching, that faith comes in. Faith that even though you don't hear him, he's hearing you. Amen? And so the next thing is to know that even if he doesn't answer, it doesn't mean his presence is not there. His presence is with us. Amen, ladies. God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. It's one of my favorite verses because it's in time of trouble. Because when you have trouble, many people don't want to know you. But as for God, he's a present help in time of trouble. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. <laughs> there will always be people who want to put a step between you and the Lord. There will always be people who feel that your problem is an embarrassment. The problem you have has brought embarrassment. So send her away. Jesus, don't even mind her. Don't even pay attention to her. Send her away. But they made them. They said, she crieth after us. Really? She was not coming after the disciples. Though. It was Jesus she was looking for. But they were misplaced. Now, in the journey as an overcomer, this is something that can distract you. When people around say, send her away, for she crieth after us. Now you forget the problem you have brought. And you decide to quarrel with the disciples and the people who really cannot make a difference. So you change your attention and you say, Papa, now maybe sure. Jesus can cry I feel catch and say, He shouldn't mind me and that I'm embarrassing you. Who said I was looking for you? By that time, Jesus has gone many miles. Satan uses this strategy to distract us from the main purpose, the main road. That's why the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, not looking at the circumstances, not looking at the people, not looking at even the people who offend. No. It's a strategy of the enemy to divert your attention to the one whom you are actually seeking. And it shouldn't be that way. Amen, somebody. And when they said this, the woman could have said, Look at what they are saying. But she didn't 
She didn't address that. It's not every situation you have to address. Some of you have to learn that. Everything you want to fight. Everything you say, well, why wouldn't me? It's not everything I say will sort it. It's not like that. Because it can derail you. Amen, ladies. Hmm. Send her away, for she crieth after us. So don't be distracted by the people around Jesus, the circumstances around the solution you are seeking from the Lord. But Jesus answered and said, after being so quiet, then he said, I'm not called except to the lost sheep of Israel. <laughs> I'm not called except to the lost sheep of Israel. Because his main and primary purpose was to save God's people, his own people. He came to the Jews. That's why John 1.12 says he came unto his own, and his own received him not. So at that phase of his ministry, he had come unto his own. So he said, I'm only called to the children of Israel. I'm not called to Gentiles and other people. Then the Bible says, then she came and she worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Amen. An overcomer sometimes gets so stretched that her prayers may just be a short prayer. When, but fervent. When I read this, I said, this is a prayer I pray. When I'm very hot, I don't, Lord, help me. I don't know what to do. Help me. And maybe some people would have said, oh, but is this a prayer? It is a prayer. And the Bible says she worshipped him. It is faith to worship God even when he seems not to be hearing. He seems not to be giving an answer. But many times we turn away from that. We have become like the world. We have become like the world. But the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. So don't walk by the things you see. If you walk by the things you see, like Peter, you will go under the water. But if you walk by the things you do not see, you just walk by his word. I was telling a friend of mine that sometimes I just see that I'm in some bone shaker. And then it's shaking, 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 shaking. And I can't do anything. The journey is rough. And all that I can hold on to is his word. And that word, I may not see it being manifested. But he spoke it. He said it. So it's enough. Amen. He said he will give you beauty for ashes. But you don't believe. People come to say, Mommy, everything is spoiled. Ninina say, da da da. And I said, Really? So it's ashes there. Oh, Bibiashi. Everything is over. And I said, But he says, I will give you beauty for ashes. So why don't you give him the ashes so that he can give you beauty? And why don't you stop figuring out how it's going to be? Because he doesn't show you how. He just says, I will give you beauty for ashes. So he said, Lord, help me. These ashes you are talking about that you will replace, I don't see. But your word is enough. The woman worshipped him and said, Lord, help me. In the face of seeming denial, she still kept knocking. You too as an overcomer, you have to learn persistence. We can't give up. That's why the Bible says the violent take it by force. You can't just throw in the towel, not only in ministry, in life. Everything is a battle. Amen? 
That's why he says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And he says, put on your armor, not your bikini, not your swimming costume, not your party dress, but your armor. And armor denotes war, ladies. And worship is a weapon. Amen. He inhabits the praises of his people. Worship is a sign of faith. Worship is a sign of trust. She worshipped him and she said, Lord, help me. <laughs> and it looks like Jesus is coming around because suddenly he's talking. The Bible says in 26, he answered and said, it is not meat, it is not proper to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Never give up worship. Never give up even short prayers because all of it will catch the master's attention. So now, he says he's called to only Israel. He's coming around. Now he says, but I can't take what belongs to the children and give it to the dogs. This is where we all fail. In the work of an overcomer, you will come to places where you will be offended. You are calling me a dog. So now, instead of persisting in your prayer, again, you are distracted by offense. You said a small miracle I came to ask you. You say I'm a dog. In fact, since I am a man of God, you are calling me a dog. But the Bible commentary says that Jews did not regard dogs. So he was just saying that it's for the children of Israel, not for you, you know. But the woman was not sidetracked by offense. Many, many, many ministers' wives are offended. Whether they want to say it's not so, they are working in love, it's not true. You are offended. And it is embedded. And that offense will cut you off from the master. Hebrews 12, 15 says, Looking diligently lest any fall of the grace of God, lest the root of bitterness, it's a root, lest the root of bitterness springing up from among you. So it springs from within you and then it troubles you and then it defiles others. So before you know, you are defiling people with your bitterness. Yeah, she did this, he did this, they are like this, they did this. Before you know, you have defiled so many people and Satan employed you but you didn't know. These days, Satan doesn't have to fight or he employs a lot of people, a lot of Christians and he says, okay, fight against each other. And then he sits back and says, I didn't need to fight in this battle. It's finished. So we, we forgive and we try not to get offended, not because what the person did is right, but it's for our own health's sake and our own spiritual health sick. And when you are praying the Lord's Prayer, you say, forgive us our sins as we forgive them that sin against us. Don't pray that prayer because your, your prayers will not go. Because if you are not able to forgive, God will also not forgive. So do yourself a favor by not being offended. As for the opportunity to offense, offense, oh, plenty. If you want to be offended, come into the ministry. Nowhere else, here. That's where the offense begins. Oh, 
you will have ample opportunity. But what does the Bible say? Guard your heart with all diligence. It's not a walk in the park with diligence, hard work. For out of it are the issues of life. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but the Lord is saying that there's healing, that the balm of Gilead is alive today to bring healing to you, that the battle is the Lord's and not yours. So leave it. And wherever God wants to take it, it's up to him. You cleanse your heart and stay on track. Amen. Overcome the tendency to be offended and therefore to be diverted from your course, to be diverted from your calling. Satan has succeeded. Aha, the Lord is delivering us. He says, I'm not called except I can't give crumbs to dogs. Come on. But the woman doesn't dwell on that. But she uses what he said. And she says, truth, Lord. She still shows respect to the master in the face of opposition. Beloved, where are the fruits of the spirit? Long suffering is one of the fruits. Yes, I will suffer long. What does the Bible say? Love suffers long and is kind. How can you be kind in long in, in, when you are suffering long? But that's the Bible. Amen? So you, you walk in love towards your husband, not because he deserves it, but because the Bible says so. And you are subject to his word. And God is the rewarder of those that obey. Amen? So she uses it and she says, truth, Lord. But... The dogs can eat even from the crumbs that fall from the rich man's table. She takes God's own words and gives it back to him. To be an overcomer, you must know his promises. You must know the things that he has said concerning you. And you must stand on it to do battle. You know, these days Christianity is about maybe fashion, Happiness, we know where to get human hair, Brazilian hair, Chinese hair. We know where to get the latest lace, the latest jewelry, but we don't know where to find God's word. And when the devil comes knocking on your door, it's not how human your hair is or how curly your hair is. It is his word. God moves by his word. That's why he says in Isaiah 1:18, come. Let us reason together. What are you coming to reason with him with? Except his word. Abraham says, why shall the judge of all not do right? He talks to God about Sodom and Gomorrah. And then he says, okay, if they are 50, what will you do? If they are 40, what will you do? If they are 30, what? This is negotiation. This is intercession. This is how to get God on our side. Amen. But how can you know it if you have not had a storehouse of his word just through normal quiet time, which doesn't seem to be so powerful? Normal quiet time, which looks so ordinary. But that is your storehouse. And when something happens, you can stand on his word and say, God, you said that you have plans for me, plans of prosperity and not of disaster. To give me a future and a hope. You are the one giving me the future. Not any man. You are the one giving me the hope. Therefore, 
as you have said, do it. And that's what this woman did. She negotiated with God based on what he had said. So ladies, we need to be a bit more spiritual and not think that it's a shared anointing. It's not. Adam and Eve received different judgments. We will all stand as individuals before his throne. What will we say? So the overcomer negotiates with God based on what God says. All right? Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Jesus did not commend the woman's shoes. He did not commend the woman's hair or fashion sense. He did not commend the number of degrees she has like a thermometer. He did not commend her educational background or who her husband was. He commended her faith. And that is what we should work at. Now, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But many of us, we don't have hearing in our lives. We don't invest in the word of God. We don't invest in hearing God's word. But the Bible says that's how faith comes. You never play any message. You never play anything spiritual around you. And you expect your faith to grow. It's not going to grow. Because faith comes by hearing. Many times, my husband has been on crusades or wherever. He's not around. And I've had to do battle on my own and with the Lord. And sometimes, even when I'm trying to fall asleep, I just play a message that will build my faith. And maybe I would hear Kenneth Hagen, T.D. Jakes, any of them. Kenneth Hagen has this powerful message um, about overcoming. Greater you see that is in you, yes. So then he starts to speak. You cannot fail. You cannot fail. You are an overcomer, the greater one, the greater one. He's in you. He's in you. He's in you to put you over. He's in you to make you overcome. He's in you. And I'm in my room alone. I'm trying to sleep. Then I get up and then he's speaking. He's in you. Yes. He's in you. Yes. He's in you to make you overcome. Yes. He's in you to make you greater. Yes. <clears throat> and then I echo. Greater is he. Greater is he. Greater is he. Greater is he. By the time I'm actually going to bed, I'm charged. How did that happen? Faith comes by hearing. The things you hear. You hear so many negative things every day. You hear so many things about what you are, how you are, how you are hopeless. How, whose report will you believe? And if you don't listen to his word, how can your faith grow? One of the greatest gifts God has given me over the years, it's for me to know who I am in Christ. So, a lot of things by God's grace, they don't move me. It's not about who, what, what you say, what, I say, oh, I'm a child of God. I've meditated on it for years. I know who I am. And that's why I like that song. I'm walking in power. Amen. I live a life of favor because I know who I am. Amen. But many of us, we don't know who we are. So when somebody tells you, you are useless, oh God, make no see me, you're useless. Really? God was there before your husband. 
God was there before you met him. And God will always be there. And God says in Zephaniah 3.17, I rejoice over you with singing. With singing. And he says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He says, you are accepted. Philippians 1 verse 6, in the beloved. But you don't know all these things. Because faith comes by hearing, including doubt and negativity. The things you hear. The verbal abuse, the emotional abuse. And then, instead of meditating on the word, you meditate on that. Oh, he said I'm this. Oh, they said I'm that. Oh, they said I'm that. Before you know, that negative faith has fed into you. And you are a bag of shambles. But if you know that for by grace are we saved. And not by works. It is the gift of God. So, God, I'm saved. I may not be perfect, but I'm a work in progress. But you still rejoice over me. Oh, what a mighty God I said. That's what makes our faith kicking. When things look bleak, who do you turn to? He says, be still and know that I'm God. But if you don't hear it, your faith will be weak faith. There are different types of faith. Small faith, weak faith, strong faith. Jesus spoke about all of them. Don't have time to go into all that. But faith comes by hearing. Invest in God's word. Invest in listening to preaching. Invest being built up spiritually. Invest in a good Bible. All of you, sometimes your Bible is on your phone. As you are going to read the Bible, what's up message? You'll be replying. And sometimes hearing is even meditating on the word, saying it to yourself is also hearing. And putting your name in the scriptures. Putting your name in the scriptures. So you don't find your identity in, oh, I am the wife of so-so-and-so. It's an honor, but that's not your identity. Amen, ladies? And that is why when people don't greet you on Sunday, she didn't mind me. Incident, who is the person? Who says a thing and it comes to pass when the Lord... God has given you so many children. Only three that are renegade. You have based all your life on it. Why? There's so much to rejoice on. In the things of God. Oh woman. Great is thy faith. Great is thy faith. Can your faith be commended? Faith is not something that's hidden. Faith is in action. Faith is words in action. Amen ladies. Can somebody commend your faith? Oh woman. Oh, woman of God. Oh, pastor's wife. Oh, Christian sister. Great is thy faith. Great is your walk with God. Great. If we are going to be overcomers, our faith should be commended. Not our degrees, not how intelligent we are, not how we speak English, not how well-traveled we are, not who our father is. No, look, all those things, they come and pass away. By the word of God, it never passes away. I want to challenge us to cultivate the habit of listening to God's word. Listening to God's word. It will change your life. When you just even go on YouTube, so many programs, uh, 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 messages, you know? And often when I meet people, I say, hey, mommy, how do you know all the things you talk about. I said, because they are real, and I, I walk on it. I, I walk on that road. It's not like a Makofobi example. Now, I literally walk on that road. 
And I believe that I must be real, like the Bible. The Bible doesn't tell us that David was so great, so he didn't sin with Bathsheba. And he did. God tells us as it is, so that we will know that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Oh, woman, great is thy faith. Leave this conference hoping and praying and believing God that your faith will be commended wherever you go. Your walk with God will be visible. Not that we liked her hair, pa. No. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's a greater commendation. Amen. And then what does he say? Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. What you desire, God gives to you. As an overcomer, be it unto you as thou wilt. She willed it. But before she will come to the manifestation, look at all the things she had to go through. Look at all she had to come out of the coast of Sidon. She has to overcome offense. She has to overcome the disciples saying she's an embarrassment. Sometimes your problem is an embarrassment. That's why they call us in the Bible, they call people after their problem. The woman with the issue of blood. She was healed though, but she's still the issue of blood. The prodigal son, he came home, but we say the prodigal son. Blind Bartimaeus, he was healed though, but we say blind Bartimaeus. Yet the problem, until it becomes your name. But God is not like that. He commends your faith. Be it unto you as thou wilt. He said, even if you who are evil, you know how to give good gifts, how much more will your heavenly father give? You see, we are so used to depending on the world. We depend on the world for our finances. We look for who we know, who we can ask. But the greatest of all is there. And he's waiting for us to ask. Whether it's a financial problem, whether it's a financial, whether it's wisdom for something, he's the repository of it all. And he's just waiting for you to get his attention and for you to come away alone. You are never alone with God. Never. The only fellowship you know is congregational prayer, congregational singing, congregational worship. But God said to Moses in Exodus 34, come up that mountain and come alone. Not even one animal with you. Let nothing be there. Come alone and come early in the morning. He's calling you also. The woman came out of Tyre and Sidon. Come out of your business life. Come out of your professional life. Come out of just being a martyr, running everywhere. Come out and spend time with him and encounter him and see whether he is not what he says he is. I believe that God has given us grace to overcome. Amen. Stand to your feet, please. Every head bowed, every eye closed. It's time to go back to God. It's time to keep, come out of things. Come out of the coast of Tyre and Sidon and go after him with persistence, determination, and focus. It's time not to be distracted. I want you to talk to God and say, God, help me cultivate a relationship with you. It's been a while. Lord, I'm busy about so many things. My life is wrapped up with so many things that you being my source, you are not the one I'm coming after. 
I've not come out of the busyness and the things that draw me back. But this morning, Lord, I'm coming. Help me. Create in me a clean heart. Oh, oh Lord. And for those who are offended, and renew God is the surgeon. He can heal all our brokenness on every side. The surgeon's knife may not be able to touch the place of pain. But this morning, Jesus is bringing healing. Healing and restoration. Leave them at his feet. For some of you, you are looking at ashes. You've cried for so long. He says, give me the ashes. I'll give you beauty. Cast me not away. Oh, from your presence. Oh, Lord. Talk to him. Talk to him. your people your word says let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may find mercy and grace to help in time of need for many of us this is our time of need lord some of the problems we cannot even discuss but we've come to your throne of grace and you have said that you restore everything that the canker worm the palmer worm the caterpillar and the locusts have destroyed and have eaten let there be restoration in the lives of your handmaidens this morning do miracles that only you can do bring healing and wholeness lord and give light give wisdom to the perplexed to the one who doesn't know what to do to the the, the lame that are being turned out of the way bring healing to their limbs oh god thank you for a new beginning thank you for faith-filled women who listen to your word who meditate on your word and who are strong on the inside thank you that we are stronger than anything that will come against us because of who you are lord the syrophoenician woman said lord have mercy on me we overcome through mercy it's not only through what we do but through mercy 
The Bible says it's of his mercies that we are not consumed. Have mercy on us. Don't judge us according to our ways. Don't reward us according to our iniquities. Have mercy on us. You have called us, Lord, to intercede for our family members, even our husbands. We will be the best intercessors. Change our bitterness into intercession. And help us see your hand in our lives. Bless your people. Let there be a new beginning. And let no sorrow be added. In Jesus' name. Amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.